With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a crowd podcast. Does Ryder decide to punch with him? I think he's going to be as good as we've seen him for a while. John Ryder can sit in the pocket with him. The biggest fight against Canelo. Coming off the back of the loss to Bivol. And is he going to knock Canelo out? And if so, how does he do that? Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. Hola, Deck. Hola, senorita. How are you, George? I'm grand, mate. I'm good. Not too many of them, please. No, though. sorry, that's it. I didn't do Spanish. Yeah, that's enough Spanish for the for the episode. But anyway, why are we talking Spanish, George? It's a big Spanish week. It's fight week, baby. It's fight week in uh, El Mexico. Yeah. I had to get you quick before you uh, dart off to Mexico See? for the dubbed... Dexico. That's what they're calling it in Guadalajara as well. Yeah, big news from the club. I yeah. mean, I'm not going to make it and... I am. You're going, so everyone's still excited, still pumped, like the George Groves Boxing Club is heading out there. Yeah, international. I'm a bit sad that no one cares that I'm not coming <laughs> like, and it is now Dexico and you're yeah. just, you've, I've created a monster. On the A-side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take too much credit or this club doesn't want to take too much credit, but we basically made this fight, didn't we, when John Ryder was in the club and he said, I want it in Mexico. Obviously, he's fighting Canelo Alvarez, the biggest attraction in the sport, you would say. Maybe not pound for pound number one anymore, but arguably, you could make an argument that he is undisputed super middleweight champion and he's fighting our very own John Ryder, one of our most elitist members of this club. But of course, George, we've had John Ryder in the club already back in January. Go and listen to that ep in full, but there's something here that we're going to play. So, John Ryder in his own words. Without giving away too much, how'd you beat Canelo Alvarez? Well, I think obviously Bivol showed it, the outer range, in and out, using his unbelievable footwork, but that's not me. I've, I've not got that in the Arsenal, do you know what I mean? I'm, He's got a lot of height, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, you know I mean? a ton of height, long arms, and very quick, I think under, very underrated boxing skill. And I think the, the problem with Bivol is he, he does drop his level to the level of his opponents at times, and that's no discredit to anyone who's boxed him before, but I think he knew that he was really up against it with Canelo and, and against a dangerous opponent and just boxed the perfect game plan. Back to your question, I think for me... Canelo's best thing is at mid-range. I think for me, I've just got to try and impose myself right up close. 
Now you're sitting there, John, the 34, and you were how old when you retired? 30? 30. 30. So have you thought about exit plans? It sounds like it's kind of like the best is still yet to come. But are you thinking, you've got kids, two kids? Two kids, yeah. Yeah, are you thinking like how long I've got left? Well, I've always thought like, yeah, as long as I'm winning, I'll keep going. But I mean, I don't want to be going on with this much more than 36. I mean, I've yeah. got the biggest fight against Canelo, so I want to give that my all. But who knows after that, obviously we're going to have to defend the titles in the rematch against him. Of course, yeah. You're so, going to have to get him at your call. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think we can get him at the Emirates for that, surely. Yeah. Yeah. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. John Ryder. He's, he's in the now, lion's den. He's in the lion's den. And he's challenging. In Guadalajara. Everyone yeah. wants to go. Everyone wants to be there. Yeah. I've been getting selfies from Dan Lawrence and John Ryder in the gym. John's one of them guys who, I think he's cut from a slightly different cloth in that he can get his head in the game, train hard, even before the fight is mm. done and dusted. He showed that sort of resilience throughout his entire career. Is he Matram's longest standing yeah. fighter? I believe so believe so so and you know he came in here and he was very complimentary of that setup with matching but also like i know i've been told the harsh words and had to dig deep and keep going and now he's got his dream fight massive underdog maybe there if there ever is a right time to get canelo alvarez who knows when that will be but this this might be it mm, so it's monday monday of fight week hopefully we've got some mariachi bands or something to lay lay over this i'm sure ross is on the case already if not he'd just be in his bedroom doing the trumpet himself so monday this is our preview episode tomorrow tuesday i'm flying out press conference on wednesday but on wednesday back here george's big one isn't it who we got on wednesday regular programming and yeah. we have none other than the magnificent Edward, Edward Hearn. Hearn. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
<laughs> and he's the promoter, we should say, of both men and co-promoter of this fight in Mexico. It's the Canelo promotions officially. Mm. Eddie Hearn is a promoter of both Canelo and John Ryder. So who better to get in the middle of Mexico? Yes, exactly. We got we got Eddie on yeah, in this massive, massive week. So that's Wednesday. And then Friday, depending on what I can get my hands on, because you never quite know in these fight weeks, we're expecting a mad one because it's Cinco de Mayo weekend. Canelo's first fight in, in Guadalajara since 2011. So it's a big event. Going to go there with my little recording device. I want to see what I can hoover up. 2011, so we're talking 12 years ago. So it's a long time. So it's a big moment. Whatever, he's going back after everything he's achieved. Anyway, Canelo Alvarez, of course, don't really need much introduction. John, Johnny Boy Ryder, the WBO interim champion. And Canelo is the champion, undisputed champion at Super Midweight. So he has all the belts. So he had to fight Ryder or he had to vacate that belt and John would have become the champion. But he said, nope, I'm going to fight him. I'm not giving up that belt. I, I want to keep them all together. How hard is this fight for John Ryder? Are we talking about an all-time British upset if he was to go there and win? I think so. I think this is John Ryder's toughest fight today, by a way. Yeah. He hasn't been in this company yet. He's obviously got that fantastic win against uh, Danny Jacobs. When he has been beat, he's been unlucky. You know, the, the Smith fight, the Callum Smith fight, I thought he won. He didn't get the nod. He went to the champion. And the other losses have come against uh, Billy Joe Saunders. I thought he was unlucky. That was close. Yeah, very close, yeah. Um, Billy Joe Saunders was vastly more experienced. You know, a huge amateur pedigree and the star on the A-side in that fight. Probably had a few more pro fights as well at the time. So It was on a Warren card as on well. On a Warren card. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, he had an eye injury, didn't he, where he had yeah. to pull out against... Rocky, Rocky Field didn't beat him on points. He had a fight. He lost to Jack Armfield. The other one, the only stoppage of his career to date was against Nick Blackwell. And he spoke about that in our pod. He was down at middleweight. He wasn't himself there. He'd never been stopped at super middleweight. Like we're just the names we're saying here, Canelo's a different caliber, isn't he? So it's going to be a different night's work for him, whatever happens. Mm, well, you know, Canelo was that guy who everyone said he's the star, you know, like he got beat by Mayweather, but it came well early and, you know, is at the wrong weight maybe? And you make excuses, but he, and he's always held his hand up and said he's been beat. But other than that, he's been there with some stars and he's done the job. Got the wins over Golovkin and whether people were happy about that or not. The first two, that put him right back. You're like, wow. Because up until then, I thought, amazing fighter, but he ain't going to get past Golovkin and obviously going to eat him mm. And then he's gone up to super middleweight and he's, you know, just dominated, just literally picked them all off within, it felt like within a year. You know, he beats Saunders when he's unbeaten. He beats Smith when he's unbeaten. Caleb Plant unbeaten. So, And he stopped two out of those three as well. Yeah. Yeah, and really dominated Smith. I mean, it was amazing running. Yeah, it's, it was a, an amazing, amazing run. What shows that he's human is he goes up and he fights Bivol and Bivol's too big, too correct, too disciplined and as well as probably too strong, too powerful, you know, too fast and, and beats Canelo. So mm. looking looking at it, I'm trying to break it down technically, you're wondering again, what does Ryder do well enough that can trouble Alvarez? I mean, Alvarez likes to fight on the front foot and Ryder can cover distance really well. So if he wants to stay at that double distance, that, that out of range and then spring in and fire... Alvarez does that really well too. You know, he's done that continually throughout his career against the bigger guys. He's done it brilliantly against Smith and, you know, he throws cautions to the wind because he's got a great chin. He punches super hard. The guys are not willing to, to punch with him because they, they're worried they're going to come off unstuck. So does Ryder decide to punch with him or does he try and, I don't know, how does he try and back him up? Mm. Canelo, like you mentioned there, last year was not a great one for him. 2022, not a stellar year, not the not the greatest year of his career. Obviously, lost to Dimitri Bivol. He essentially boxes on the two Mexican holidays in the year. So May, Cinco de Mayo, which is this weekend, and then the September, which is Mexican independence. Last year, those two fights, he lost to Bivol, looked sorry for himself, really got outboxed, outclassed, and almost exposed at that weight and that size. And then he boxed 
uh, Triple G in the third and final fight of their of their trilogy. It was the clearest one, but it's clearly a Golovkin on the wane. I didn't think Canelo was at his brilliant best by any means. Now, so he's coming off the back of those two, and then he had some pretty serious surgery on his left wrist before this fight. Coming back from that, not the best year. Eddie Hearn has suggested it's the best time if John Ryder's going to pull it off. This is there's no better opportunity. Do you see any of that being a factor? Do you think that that some of that might just come together in Ryder's favour and it's just an off-the-pace Canelo for this fight? Yeah, sure. I think more, probably more so is what implications the surgery going to have, yeah. you know? Because most fighters, are, you know, they'd never pull out a stellar performance after the back of a loss, especially if there's been a long run since they've lost. He would have known that coming off the back of the loss to Bivol, Golovkin, he's up for. So he would have been up for that and that would have got him through. And he boxed well and it was the right time to fight Golovkin. So I don't think, I think he's put that loss to bed and I wouldn't say that, you know, even if it wasn't his very best against Golovkin, that's be, it's only because he's coming off the loss to Bivol. So, and it's still Golovkin. Well. And, it's st and obviously he's still Golovkin. Yeah. You know, he's still a force, a middleweight, isn't he? Yeah, and knows him inside out from the first two fights. So mm -hmm. it's not like he would ever just walk through. I think maybe in terms of getting him with a with hand injury, but I'm not sure. What do you, how do you make it there? See, I could sort of, all of those factors that you like lumping together, you've seen it through history. Vladimir Klitschko used to talk about it. When you get to a point where you're just dominating and every challenge just turns up and you beat him, you can start to get a bit complacent. And maybe he's had the surgery, not a great year. Maybe he's slightly on the wane. Maybe he's going to just take his eye off the ball and think he's looking ahead to the Bivol rematch, which he desperately wants. And he thinks, I'll just get Ryder to turn, you know, this guy, I'll beat him easy. And then he doesn't. But my problem, what I think could be a problem for John Ryder is the fact that it's in Guadalajara. It's in, it's that big homecoming, that big return. I spoke to Canelo last week and he said, I want to be perfect for my people. He's like, I, I admit I'm feeling a bit of pressure here because I want it to be perfect. I want to make a real statement here. So that is not the words of someone who's taken off the ball and just thinking, let's turn up. He's driven and motivated by the occasion. Whereas if it was just in Vegas, another, uh, now, night at the office for him, John Ryder said before, he said, Canelo, if he wins this fight, few extra few, few more quid in the bank and he go, moves on. But if Ryder wins, his whole life changes forever and his family forever. It's life changing. When you put those two together, could Ryder just want it a bit more? But because it's in Guadalajara, I worry for Ryder's sake, is there really going to be an opportunity for a below par Canelo? I'm not sure. I think he's going to be as good as we've seen him for a while. Yeah, I mean, I will struggle with that. Oh, who does it mean most to? Who's got the most to gain? Because if that was the case, Canelo would never win a fight because everyone he fought, fights would yeah. it would change their It still comes down to the more. skills in there. I definitely think that there has been fighters and opponents of Alvarez that he's decided there's a difference. Yeah, I think when he fought Avni Yildrim, I don't think he would have been putting in the same prep as he did for a Golovkin. <laughs> Look you know? what happened to Yildrim. Yeah. <laughs> it was a three-rounder. So, but depends how Canelo's looking at him is he looking at him like a guy never won a world title he's 30 odd years old never made the, the big jump why is that is he just not good enough does he not back himself and maybe taking him lightly but as you say they're fighting for his people back home I, you know i don't think that's pillow talk with him he seems like one of the most passionate guys out there he will make a tough night's nice work for alvarez i don't think he's definitely not going to roll over he's not going to shy away but will he be able to find the answers and also, when I think of John Ryder, particularly those performances against Callum Smith, to be honest, just like when I visualize him, I always think he's always a smaller guy and he's trying to back people up, close the distance, work, and then come out again. In this fight, believe it or not, he's actually the taller man. Um, I've seen the face off. He's slightly bigger. So I'm kind of trying to picture what he could do. 
let's get into it. How exactly, like, if you were in his corner, what game plan would you be coming up to try and nullify Canelo, try and have some success? What's going to be the key to that? Does he have to bully him? Or does he, like you say, use that distance well, just try and pot shot and try and nick a decision somehow? Or is he going to have to just go for broke? How, how do you play it? I think with John Ryder now, yeah, he's used to giving away a bit of height since he's been up at super middleweight, which he's not doing this time. You think Canelo's got a great chin. Like, I can imagine he's got a really good chin. So you might catch him early, catch him catch him cold. And if that opportunity arises, then great. But if it doesn't, then I'll be targeting the body. I'll be thinking, right, let's just get some damage downstairs. Because this guy, he's a beast, but he's not a natural super middleweight. That's not his weight. If he, if he could have boxed lighter, then he's a lighter man. And I think oh, John's been, been middleweight, but Canelo's been light middleweight. You know, he's moved up. It's been a few years now. He's, he's grown into this weight, but still, I'd be looking to to hurt him downstairs just to just cumulative damage and, and be punching the arms. Like you see, you see Canelo punching Smith's arms yeah. and everyone else's arms. It's like, and it leaves a lot of educated, like experienced boxing fans. They're like, oh, it's like miraculous. They check. They want to get the rule book out and see if that's legal. It's like, yeah, it is, mate. You can do that, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, just sorry, but to be whacking the arms and shoulders. They're there in front of you. It's a bit annoying. If someone gets a body shot, you go, oh, well done. If someone gets a punch in the bicep, you're like, oh, you... <laughs> you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, we used to, I used to do it in sparring all the time, punching, and then, like, after a while, you're like, it's, it's, sometimes it'd be your mates. You've got your mates in for sparring. <laughs> like, guys, you know, like, Miles Shinkwin, I'd have Miles Shinkwin in sparring, and I'd think, fuck it, I'm just going to punch him in the arms. his biceps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like... <laughs> If he was boxing the following in two weeks' time, he was prepping for a fight, I wouldn't do it because mm. he doesn't need his arms to be sore. But if he's coming for me and I'm sparring, then I'm working on that because there's an art to it. If you hit him right at the bottom of the deltoid, like sort of where that the tendons are in between the bicep and the tricep, sort of on the side of the arm, that give you a dead That's arm. That's a big gap there. That's horrible. Mm. It's horrible. And yeah, Frotch, I remember Frotch talking to someone, might have been talking to me or David Hay. I was really young in my career and saying that he does. And I knew he did a lot of press-ups, a lot of chin-ups yeah. and a lot of... A lot of bent arm stuff. And if you watch it, he does like a sort of... Half reps. Half reps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. trash talk. So it's, yeah. <laughs> and then he would say, it's because I've got sore elbows. Yeah, I can't of course, go full yeah. range. And then I'll say, you've got sore elbows because you've only ever gone <laughs> half range. If his arms are up like this, I'll be punching him in the glove because then he's hyperextending, sort of hyperextending his elbow. Yeah, yeah. That elbow joint, you can feel it now. I mean, as an ex-fighter, if I do that, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts the shoulder. So that's the message the for elbow. John Ryder. Punch him in the arms, mate. Pa whack him in the arms. Yeah. Seriously, whack him in the arms. Um. <laughs> Whack him in the arms, whack him in the chest, whack him in, in behind the elbows and that, but everything. Rough him up. Oh, yeah, but like rough him up with a bit of That's tact the problem and skill. Because Canelo loves a scrap as well. Usually he's used to just dominating people yeah. in that respect. And well, you've got to back yourself in that respect. If, if, if John Ryder can sit in a pocket with him and he hasn't got to be cute and clever like a Mayweather and try and find that gap because there are fighters who, if they've been doing it longer and they're just more naturally gifted at it, Mexican fighters in particular, you would think. But if you're there and, you know, it's not, as you say, it's an easy target to whack him in the arm. Mm. You know, he might punch you back in the arm, but then you just finish the exchange. He's going to have to have higher work rate. He's good at that. Though. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to have to have a higher work rate than, than Alvarez. Punch neat and tidy and correct. Nothing needs to be reckless. And, and his work is never really reckless. He doesn't lift his chin when he punches. He doesn't, the shots that go from A to B pretty well. You know, some guys, they, they might throw bent arm shots or straight arm shots, but they're sort of, they're flapping almost, sort of this swimming into the shots. Again, all these things you can say, you would say the exact same about Canelo Alvarez. I think that's, if you're going to win, you've got to beat him with volume try and try and bully him. Mm. I was thinking back to your career. You never really had a fight like this where you were like this this wild underdog of the first Frotch fight sprung to mind. But the difference there was you were just 
super confident that you had Frotch's number and you would beat him and you'd sparred him so you knew what you were doing. But in that context, when you're the underdog in the sort of public opinion, does that affect the way you train? Does that affect your mentality, the, the mindset going into the fight and into fight week? Yeah, well, it, it does. It does because... I've, I've heard him say, for instance, I've heard him say, fuck them. There's some people you don't really want to f- actually really think fuck them. Yeah. You might do. You might be like, fuck them for now, <laughs> you know, because it might be some of your old mates from your amateur gym they can't help the way they they say it, but they're basically saying like you ain't got a chance mm. or good luck. That can be tough for you, but I think at this stage of John's career, you know, when I'm fighting Frotch or I'm fighting Digay on either 22, 23 or 25 to 24, 25. So I was a young man, unbeaten and sort of on my quest for greatness. Whereas John Ryder's in his thirties now, and he's probably got an end goal in sight. He's probably he sort of alluded to it on the show, didn't he? But he's like, I'm going to beat Canelo. He's in the home straight. Then yeah, you can see he might be one two maybe a couple more science is going to really change his life to really bed in changing his life like I imagine they're confident Tony Sims is confident Dan Lawrence and obviously John and the team and everyone they'll be confident like no, like none of us are or people who are listening really believe they believe there's a chance obviously there always is a chance but really do you believe he's going to do it and there'll be a tiny group of people who, around John now who do but we're talking about maybe the biggest upset in British boxing history talking like when Randolph Turpin beat Sugar Ray Robinson or Lloyd Hunnigan beat Donald Curry like proper all time folklore stuff it's going to take something real special and my problem when I'm visualising it He's not going to get a decision out there, is he? He's not, surely he's not going to walk the fight so wide that they, he gets a decision in Guadalajara. And is he going to knock Canelo out? And if so, how does he do that? I think there's a thing in this fight for John of losing well, if that makes sense. I think for if he's, if he's at a point now where he's thinking about his legacy, like as in what he's going to leave, what he's going to talk to his family about for the rest of his days and say, I gave myself a real good account against Canelo, then maybe. I don't think he'll be doing that for the, for the wider fan... And I don't think he'll be doing it for survival in this sport. No. He's past that point. Do you know what I mean? Like if he if he doesn't do something special, then really he's just got he's got to win. Yeah, you know, he's got he's got to win. Is he capable of that? I think both guys on their day, no. Even a subpar Canelo probably beats a, the best rider just because of his natural ability. Sure, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide behind that. And his experience. You're always trying to read something. And usually it's the guys who have been there time and time again. You're trying to pick something up. You're like, oh, he, he seems different. He's, is he agitated? Is this? And then they usually always still win. Yeah. So you could be like, wow, he looks like a bag of shit. And he looks fucking dead at the weight. Or he looks too calm and too cool. Why? This time he's fucking, he's being too fly. You know, he's too, he's worrying about the wrong things. He's not focused on the job at hand. But they usually always win deck. I think the crucial thing as well with that, when you're trying to perceive what's happening and trying to take a view on it, you never really know what's happening behind closed doors. Like we don't really know. Maybe Canelo he has to box in, in May, Cinco de Mayo, particularly in Guadalajara. Maybe his wrist isn't ready yet. Maybe he's been playing golf. Maybe his weight is not great. And maybe he has been taking his eye off the ball. And afterwards we'll hear it. Maybe he's done his eardrum and sparring. Like you never know. And then it all comes to light in the end. And John Ryder is at the, have the, the moment of his life and it all falls into place. Or maybe it doesn't. And, and you never know until the night. And it's the same like with, with you, like before the Frotch fight, the first one, nobody gives you a chance. And then within a minute or whatever, it was the first round, Frotch is on his bum. And everyone's like, fuck, he's going to, George Groves going to do what he said he was going to do. And then straight away, you're like, of course he is. It all makes sense now. That's the problem with trying to predict that you never quite know. But when you just line everything up and all the facts and everything you know already about these two guys, riders bang up against it. But I, what I do think he's capable of, and when I say winning well, he can take it late. 
who knows maybe he can get to points. He's tough and he's durable and he knows how to look after himself. Southpaw, as opposed to Billy Joe Saunders, who was trying, like obviously trying to win and believed and was saw it as his the favourite undefeated and he was going to beat Canelo. So he was going for broke a bit more and obviously got knocked out. Whereas Ryder maybe knows the deal here, maybe four or five, six rounds in, he's like, I can, I'm comfy and get through. And what I mean by that is, say he does, say he takes Canelo to points and there's a thing and Canelo gets criticised for this performance and they're like, wow, Ryder's much better than we thought. Maybe in six months time, they offer him millions to fight Edgar Balanga, for instance, in, in Madison Square Garden, whatever it might be, but off the back of the performance, even in losing. And I think it's a smart enough team that they'll know that. The problem is when he sh maybe he's getting damaged towards the end, what does Tony Sims do? With a 34-year-old, magnificent servant to the sport, wife and kids, maybe he pulls him out. Never know. Go, let's think then, last before we just have a look at what could be next for both guys. Prediction. Ryder is an elite club member. He is. Club. We've got to back him. And Well, not just that. Yes, here we go. Everyone in this club is on a magnificent, unbeaten run. Undefeated. So the official pick then, what are we saying? Inside six, John Ryder? No, Ryder will get him late. He's going to start early. He's yeah. going to hurt him, beat down the body, beat down the arms, beat yeah. down the shoulders. Silence that crowd. For Alvarez, he has to come out. He has to, he has to win. He has to, he has to find the knockout. He's behind on the cards and he walks on to a, to a Ryder chick right hook. And he's... Um, he's in the turnbuckle. Manana. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's the pick. John Ryder, late stoppage. That's the GGBC pick. Can't argue with that. Now, let's just say, hypothetically, Canelo wins the fight. Mm. What does he do next? I think he, he wants to fight Bivol in September. I think Bivol knows that. What's going to come with that? Has Bivol got to get down to middleweight? No, I'm pretty sure it will still be up at light heavy. But who knows? Bivol says he's happy to go down. But it's going to be... I don't be, think Bivol can make super middleweight. You'd be, be surprised, same, wouldn't you? be the same fighter. Yeah, but crucially, he hasn't agreed the Baturbiev fight. So that suggests that he knows that's coming. In fact, he probably won't fight until then. I'm not, I I, I can see Bivol being better rather than Canelo being better. Bivol's just too big. He didn't really go through the gears properly last time, I think, because he was like, just win, just win, just win. So, yeah, I mean, if that's ironed on, then that is, that's what it is. Other than that, I'm not sure. I mean, Benavidez? He's done the business. I mean, that's the only one because he's, he's, like we say, he's beaten Plant. He's beaten the rest of them already at the weight. So Benavidez, after beating Caleb Plant in their last fight, he's really announced himself. He's really arrived and obviously Mexican as well. I mean, it'll be mega. But the argument is Benavidez, they, they make is that Canelo's avoiding them for, for whatnot. So if it's not Bivol, I would hope it to be Benavidez. If he beats Ryder, I would expect it to be Bivol in September, Benavidez next May. But you might be thinking, let's get Benavidez now because he's only going to develop more. He's only going to be in a, a year better, probably one more big fight under his belt. So but that's a great fight. Who, do, who do, would you pick that? Canelo and Benavidez right now. I haven't seen enough of Benavidez, to be honest. I need to study Benavidez a bit more. I know he's a monster. He's a Mexican monster. He's huge. Yeah. He's had problems before in the past with discipline, it seems. Discipline. I don't mm. know him, but... And now, becoming a world champion, been, he's been there and thereabouts, but it's a big win for him. I think Caleb Plant, big win for him. And the potential of having the Canelo next, does that mean he falls off the wagon or does that mean that keeps him on the yeah. wagon? I don't know. And John Ryder, of course, when he wins, they will do the rematch in Las Vegas. He's already said that because that'll be September. So he couldn't really bring him back to a stadium here. I'm sure he'd want the Vegas night and he'd get that. If he loses... That's a shame because you, I mean, you could get Canelo to London. Yeah, it'd be fucking massive. But September's going to be tough. Yeah. There's no roof anywhere apart from Cardiff. Probably wouldn't do that. I would expect Says to win. I'd expect him to go to MGM um, and have that big Vegas night. If he loses, he's already said there's a chance maybe this is his last fight. And maybe he does walk away. What do you make of that? If you don't win this one, mate, leave the sport. Biggest like, biggest paycheck of his career as well. You assume forget. so. Yeah. You know, you assume so. Biggest payday of his career. Leave the sport rather than chasing a fight that probably doesn't give you the same. You know, he might get offered 
Billy Joe Saunders fight or I mean he's a good enough name to get offered any fight and there might be another world title opportunity coming soon but even if he doesn't win but he gives himself a, a real good account of himself boxes really well comes close or something like that then yeah sure if he's motivated to go again why not yeah and he becomes then a good target for people how do you feel as as the journalist when you watch yeah. it when you hear fighters talking about um, I, I, last I, fight what do you think alarm bells alarm for bells. me I, it's very rare that when people start using talking in that vernacular that they pull anything off. Carl Frampton against Josh Warrington. I was massive on Frampton to win that fight. Soon as he's talking about, oh, it could be the last one, Warrington beats him. Look at you as well, and we've spoken about it as well. Soon as you're like, oh, fucking hell, like, I can't really go again, like, shoulders done, and I'm already thinking about that. It's just a sign that if it gets real hairy for Ryder, maybe he just thinks of his kids and he thinks of his paycheck and he goes, yeah, that's, I've done my bit. I've done my bit in this sport. So yeah, that's my, that was my initial thought. But you never know what he's thinking. And maybe it's something that a little push that he gets. Okay, George. Well, that's part one of Dexaco Week in the bank. We're back in John Ryder to win uh, by stoppage at the, the back end of the fight, just based on the, the form of this club. How can people make sure that they are up to date with all the podcasts we, we, uh, we record this week, George? Well, there's only one way, Dirk. Yeah, one way. Hit me. Hit the follow button. In oh, the podcast follow app. it. Yeah, do yeah, that. Do that. Hit the follow button in the podcast app, please. Get us on the socials: GG Boxing Club, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You want to email anything? It's GG Boxing Club at crowdnetwork.co.uk, and you can leave a review on Apple as well because that's a bit more long form. Do that. The merch deck. We oh, still yeah. got some prints available. Oh, get XL hoodies back as well. XL hoodies are back. You haven't taken yours off. Yeah, I know. It's actually the first time I've worn it in the studio. Didn't want to be too obvious at first, but then I was like, "Fuck it." I've <laughs> you're in without a jumper yeah exactly so yeah get on the link tree oh shit I've got to wash it for Mexico actually might be a bit hot <laughs> so just cut the sleeves off yeah. you'll be fine yeah you have a few holes in it check out our playlist the ring walks yeah, on that's, Spotify that's on the link tree as well uh, if you want to listen to us ad free on Amazon Music that's the place we are back George Wednesday with the one and only Eddie Hearn massive moment for Sir the club Edward Edward Hearn Sir Edward Hearn can't wait to hear what he's got to say and then Friday to complete the three pod week it's the final Dexco roundup from Guadalajara Guadalajara. I'll talk about vacas and pedos. Yeah, pedo. Si, si. Hasta mañana. Hasta mañana. No, that means see you tomorrow. Well. Hasta on Wednesday. Hasta on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. see you, mate. <laughs>